Lose the Cape Podcast, Episode 29. Welcome to the Lose the Cape Podcast, where we get real with busy moms and talk about how they survive their daily juggle. If you are a busy mom who believes in the idea of moms helping moms with tips, tools, and resources to survive, this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome back to another episode. It is August 28th as I record this. We're getting ready to go into the final week of August and I just cannot believe it. I know there are a lot of people sending their kids to school today and starting next week as well. So I'm sure there are a lot of very happy moms today. We got to send ours back about two weeks ago. So um, we've been adjusting and getting into it. And oh my goodness, the homework is already killing me. But... Enough about that. Uh, Today, I'm really happy to speak with Nicole Cooley. She helps people manage their money. And for me, this is a fascinating topic because I've never been so wonderful at it. And uh, her tips and resources are just phenomenal. So if you've had a tough time either managing the money in your business or in your personal life or just want to get some great tips on saving money, which all of us can use, um, I think you're going to find Nicole's interview really useful. And even if you don't need tips, she's just really energetic and fun and you're going to love her anyway. So you can um, see the full list of show notes and all of that great stuff at our website, losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 29. Or you can watch us on YouTube if you want to see us in there. And our YouTube handle is Lose the Cape. And yeah, that's it. So let's get on with the interview. Okay, we're so happy to have Nicole Cooley with us today. Uh, She describes herself as a corporate dropout, which I suppose if you're going to be a dropout, dropping out from the corporate world is a great place to do it from. Uh, She's a new mom, so obviously she is now obsessed with sleep. Green juice, which I don't know that every mom is obsessed with. and planting our new garden. So lots of fun things to talk about. She has a company called Money Wit, uh, sorry, Money with Moxie. I don't know why I almost said witch. <laughs> I thought it said Money with Moxie. That'd be totally different, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, Money with Moxie, which helps women align their spending to their value system and um, making sure that you're using money in the best way to um, live the life that you want to live. So thank you so much. And I need your help so badly. So <laughs> Oh, good. We'll talk. We'll chat. (laughs) How old is the baby? He's going to, his first birthday is next week. So that still counts as a new mom, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Most definitely. Now almost one. So I've got a year under my belt now. And will you be doing any kind of like crazy first birthday party or are you guys not crazy? I want, I try to keep it as small as possible. We have big families and he's the only baby right now on both sides. So yeah, I'm doing a party. I'm doing a party. So (laughs) it'll be good though. He's got a lot of love. So that's good. I, um, actually my children's first birthday parties are some of my most favorite. They, um, Yeah, That's well, good to hear because I keep hearing horror stories about well, it Just make it about you and you'll be fine. <laughs> That's such a horrible thing to say, but really. Um, no, I mean, obviously it's about the child turning one, but they don't remember, nor do they really know what's going on. So no, right. we had we just had a big giant party and had yes. a lot of fun and it was yes. great. 
Perfect. That's a good way to do it. I try to do too. Yes. (laughs) So, um, so let's talk about your business and how you wound up dropping out of the corporate world. And was this, was this a pre-child thing or was this a, because of it was, it was a combo. So I, I worked for eight years about in the corporate world of insurance and banking, but it never really, um, sat well with me kind of from the beginning. I was in a pretty stressful job at the beginning and I was able in kind of the later years to transfer into a better job where I was able to kind of figure out what I wanted to do beyond the corporate world. So that was good. But when I was in that first job, it was just so much stress and mm-hmm. um, it just, it was a bad situation. And so the way I dealt with that, looking for- backwards, I figured all this out, of course, um, I spent money and, you know, I went out to lunch and I shopped and I, you know, myself, I fell into these spending patterns that I know better. Like I have a finance degree. I love personal finance. It's like my jam. Um, and so at one point, you know, I got out of the bad job into a different one and realized what had happened. I'd accumulated some debt and my husband and I sat down and we're like, we're, we're done with this. Like we're going to make some changes. And, and we did, and we were able to pull ourselves out of it. But through that process, I, I realized that if I could get myself into those making those mistakes and falling into those patterns when I, when I knew better, when I had the knowledge that anybody can, because Absolutely. so often our spending, it's, it, it's not the know-how it's not, you know, that you don't know how to pay your bills or don't know how to crunch the numbers. Everyone, most people do. Um, but it's the emotions that go into it and it's so much more. So through that process, I started kind of becoming really engaged in the emotional side of, of money and what drives our spending and can contribute to those things. So through that process, I found money coaching and, um, it also, that also really fell into place when I knew I was planning on having children. I knew the corporate world wasn't going to be a lifestyle that I wanted to continue when I had those kids. And mm-hmm. so one thing kind of led to another with that. And, um, I didn't officially quit till I had my son last year. Um, I was kind of doing it on the side. And so that's why it's kind of best of both worlds. I was able to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And then start to really pull some triggers when I had my son last year. And now I have this great side business of helping women be powerful with money and use it as a tool to build the life that they want. And so I look at, I look at my clients numbers. Um, I help them develop goals for spending and saving and, and understand how those numbers are working in their life, cutting spending. But um, we look at the emotional and the practical side at the same time, because I think they're equally important. That's great. Uh, how did you come up with the name Money with Moxie? Oh, you know, I really was brainstorming. I I wanted to have a, a brand and a name, and um, Money Moxie to me is um, courage and determination to kind of take things on and and have some grit to kind of you know take the money can be so scary for some people, and so when you kind of take ownership of it and say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna make some changes. I'm gonna learn about this topic. Um, that takes moxie for, for people. And so that I felt like fit in really well with the kind of people that I wanted to work with. That's great. So, um, I didn't ask you this question and the questions that I sent over, but if you're comfortable doing it, um, can you give us some, just off the top of your head, some, maybe some pointers for, I'll give you, I'll, I'll, I'll set this up a little bit for you. So here's where we are. I, I left my full-time income five years ago. I never adjusted our budget well enough to, <laughs> like I still go to the grocery store and I still just buy whatever I want to buy instead of, and then I wind up spending $100 over my budget. Like, um, 
have you worked with anybody who's adjusted from two full incomes down to one? And do you have any tips on that? Or in general, do you have on tips on how to, um, you know, get it down to where you should be? Sure. Um, I think that a lot of times when I start working with people, no matter what the situation is, two incomes to one, or they're just overspending in general and need to cut back to, to work on other goals, then, um, you know, a lot of times it comes down to saving money um, or cutting back, I should say. Um, but my first thing I want to say is that, you know, people always default to the saving money side of it when we talk about money. And a lot of the times people do need to be cutting back and they're just not being very thoughtful about where their money is going. So that could be the case. But you also have to remember there's another side to the equation and that's income. Mm -hmm. So if, if you are looking at your numbers and you're like, I'm not really spending that much money it could be the income side, which is a problem. And my clients are about half and half, you know, so sometimes it's kind of an under earning problem. You need to be making more money um, to cover your lifestyle versus cutting back. But if you kind of have that inflated lifestyle and you are trying to cut back and that is the issue, then um, I think tracking your money is a really good place to start. Um, that scares a lot of people. if They feel like it's gonna be really constricting, but that's not the way I approach it. I actually try not to use the word budget when I'm working with my clients. I use it kind of in blogging and things because that's what people identify with. But really to me, it's a spending plan because you're sitting down at the beginning of the month and you're telling your money where you want it to go. And so if you can just start that process of prioritizing what's really important to you and cutting the rest, you can start to cut back without feeling like you are. So I think a lot of the times we think about cutting back and we're like, I can't go out to eat. I can't do this. <laughs> right. I can't do that, right? It's like all the fun stuff is gone. Well, that doesn't have to be the case. Like if it's really important to you to go out on a date night twice a month or whatever, prioritize that, make it a priority. But maybe some of the other stuff, maybe you need to cut back on your cable subscription because that's not as important to you. Right. Or do other things, you know, cut back on those other areas of your life that aren't as important. So I think instead of falling into kind of the default areas that we think we shouldn't be spending money, it, you really have to be take the time to do the work and understand what's important to you. And then you, those decisions will become easier, you know, but secondary to that, um, I would also say that I think when we're used to not paying attention to our money, we're also leaving a lot of, we're letting a lot of money that doesn't need to kind of leave. Um, and in like your case, you mentioned grocery shopping, meal planning is huge and, and it I really meal planning. <laughs> I know it would save me so much money, but I hate it. I hate it too. But you know what? This is the way I do it is, um, I don't say like Monday, we're going to have this Tuesday. We're going to have this Wednesday. That doesn't really work for me. Like me it depends. It, it depends how I feel that day. Right. Like how long is it going to take to cook this meal? Mm -hmm. Do I end up having the time to, does that even sound good? Cause like, I like food. I want, you know, my meal to sound good to me that day. So I'll sit down and kind of plan out a few different meals that I have on hand. And I'll just kind of keep a, a list on the fridge of the different meals that we have ingredients for that I've made sure that we do. And I'll just kind of go through those day to day and be like, I'm going to make this today or this. So it's not as rigid. And then, you know, sometimes maybe we don't have any of those things. I come up with something different, but right. at least I've been intentional when I went to the store and I know I have enough stuff for these four or five meals for the week. Right. Right. Well, that makes sense. Now, I wanted to get back to something you said a minute ago that I thought was so great. Um, the mindset of telling your money where you want it to go right. is so different than saying, okay, 
I have to pay this. I have to pay this. I have to pay this. This is all that's left. I, I just, I, I wanted to remark on that because I thought that's such a great like way to look at it. I'm in charge of yeah. where money goes. And yeah, and to the bills point that you mentioned, you know, reframe that thought process too. You know, your bills, they're paying for stuff. It's not just, you know, blank money you're sending out the door. Like your electricity bill is paying for your lights. You know, your water bill is paying for your hot showers in the morning. So right. kind of remembering that and like making those connections as you pay for those bills can really put you in a better money mindset. And even down to credit card debt, you know, what did that credit card debt buy? Did it buy you some, you know, European vacation or even clothes in your closet can be reframed to be positive to, you know, to, what did this buy you? Even health bills, you know, if it's health bills that are kind of bogging you down, like reframe that, like that bought you your health and it bought you the treatment that you need to be better now. Um, that, that can all help with the mindset part of things. I love that. Um, before I move on to my next question, I wanted to ask, do you by any chance have a, uh, any like free resources, like a budget tracker or anything like that? So my freebie right now is actually ideas on how to start saving money today. So it goes right into, you know, what we were just talking about and just some simple tips that you can implement immediately to start to get your mindset shifted around and start saving money in your budget today without anything crazy, without anything crazy of tracking your money yet or anything, just the baby steps to get you going and, and start to keep some more money in that account. That's really funny that that's what your, your, your freebie is because literally the next question I was going to ask you is that you mentioned savings and um, and how important is saving and how do people save when they don't have anything, when it feels like there's nothing left. Right. Well, one of the things is is exactly what you said is people wait to see what's left and you can't really do that. You have to prioritize saving as part of your budget, even if you're starting with a really low number and, and kind of making saving out of sight, out of mind. I don't trust myself to transfer the savings what's left at the end of the month. Like we shouldn't trust ourselves to do that. So in some ways it's about setting up the right systems um, so, so it can be taken care of for you. But you have to, you know, spend the time to look at your numbers. You have to know what's realistic for you to save. You know, I'd rather see you save a smaller amount consistently than, you know, save a larger amount than have to pull it back into a checking account to make, to, you know, for you to get to the end of the month. And that doesn't set you up for success mentally very well. But consistent saving that you're not having to dip back into for your monthly expenses is, is a lot better. So. People can start to take small amounts towards savings right from their paycheck if they're getting a regular paycheck or, you know, um, during the point where you get paid during the month, um, you can set up an automatic transfer just like you would for a bill. Um, and, and you can just start small and you most likely won't even notice that and you can start to ramp it up over time. Sure. I think it's kind of a cliched metaphor but savings can be like a muscle and once you just kind of force yourself to do it at first then it kind of becomes fun as you see the as you see the numbers build yeah. and when it becomes fun you kind of flip that switch into oh i'm enjoying this money as much in my account like looking at these <laughs> numbers as i would have like in my closet with new clothes or something so. right so how has your perspective on money changed with a baby and a child Oh man, that's a good question. One of the things that has been really interesting to me being home with him, because I have this fear of taking care of him full time, is that a lot of the things, especially during the you know 
I'm, I'm north of Seattle, so it's not nice here all of the time. It's gloomy, <laughs> you know? So during those gloomy months, like, it's really hard to, like, a lot of moms just go shop, you know? Like, well, what do you want to do today? Like, what's your activity? Well, we could go, or a lot of them are required paid activities. Like, go here and let the kids play, or we go walk the mall, or we go to Target. Target's, like, a problem for everyone. <laughs> and moms, a big problem. <laughs> I just, know, like, we'll I just went there today, and they're a big problem. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, I need this, these two things. I'll go to Target. We'll walk around. It'll be fun stimulation for the kids. I get what I need. But all of those things are money things. And yeah. so I realized that, you know, as, as a mom, like, I'm, I'm getting sucked back into this. So one of the things that I did, which has helped a lot, and which I now recommend other people to do too, is when you have the time and energy to do it, sit down and make a list of things that you can do with your kids or just with your family in general. You're sniffing out there for date night. It can be applied to many things that are free or really low cost. And so then when you're looking for those activities and you're kind of frantic, you don't want to come up with something on the spot. You just go back to your list and you're like, Oh yeah, well it's a decent day. I wanted to check out this park or let's do this short walk or the museums are free on Wednesdays, so let's go check that out or something. If you can, you know, do a little bit of research and put that together, it it, it just helps a lot in the long run. You'll actually do probably more fun things and you'll save yourself money because you won't be ending up at Target every Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's kind of funny. Um I want to share this story because it's it just happened and it's um along those same lines of thinking outside the box and doing things that don't cost money. So um, I think it was Sunday night. Um, my husband, now my kids are nine, six, and four. Mm -hmm. And my husband's like, I think, I think Brayden's old enough to babysit tonight so we can go to the movies. I was like, have you lost your mind? <laughs> he is not old enough to babysit. He might be old enough to keep himself while I run down to the store for 10 minutes, but you know, you yeah. know, no, he's not watching the six and the four year old. And he's yeah. like, no, I have an idea. He's like, how about if we let Brayden practice babysitting, we'll get them all set up just like we're leaving and we're going to go watch. We're going to go to the movies in our room. We're going to go to our room. We're going to lock the door. We're going to pretend like we are gone and we're going to go on a date to the movies. I and love I like, that. Yeah. And it was great. And every once in a while we, so we explained it to them. We were like, you guys have to pretend like you are responsible for yourself here. Here's the snacks you can have, you know, whatever. And, um, and we went back to our room and locked the door and started our movie. And after about 20 minutes or so, we were like, okay, we better check on him. We came out and my six-year-old was like, no, go back to the movies. <laughs> we got this. <laughs> It was, it was awesome. That's we had a nice, quiet time together while we watched an adult movie that they could not watch with us because of the violence and oh, whatever else was going on. And yeah. they, they, they took on that responsibility. They enjoyed it. They played. They got their snacks. They watched TV, and it was fun. That's it great. Cost us a dollar. That's great. That's perfect. That's a perfect thing. Is you know, with money, I think we just have to tap back into our creativity. Like, yeah. where can we get the same experience? For, for less money and sometimes that experience can actually be more fun or you know you were probably more relaxed laying in your exactly. bed knowing your kids were fine in the other room you know than maybe you even would have been in a movie theater it's so true and then we weren't thinking oh my gosh we just dropped fifty dollars on a bucket of popcorn and two cokes and <laughs> a babysitter or whatever and then, yeah yeah and gosh by the time you add in the babysitter and the movie tickets you're automatically at over a hundred dollars so right. I know yeah. some other uh, friends too that have multiple kids and they do kind of like a date night swap. 
um, yes, you know, where they watch each other's parents. kids. Yeah, yeah. And that's really cool. And, and the kids are all, you know, the same age. So they like playing with each other. So it's like a play date for them. I'm sure it's a little chaotic for the parents watching the kids that night, but then they get their night too, right? To go exactly. out and do what you want to do. So it works yeah. out. So many ideas on how to be creative and still have fun, right? <laughs> yes. yes. Um, now, what about like, while we're speaking of kids and their expenses, what about um, saving for college? Do you talk about that at all? Or is that not something you really touch on? Um, I do a little bit in the sense that, you know, I, I feel like saving for college, it's thought of now as an obligation. And my kind of stance on that is that the parents always need to be taking care of themselves first before they're saving for college. And that's the best gift you can give your kids more than a check of money to go to college. Right. So, you know, as long as, you know, you're taking care of your emergency funds, your retirement accounts, your whatever else you might have, then yeah, you know, save for college for your kids. That's a lovely gift, but it should come after all of those things in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Uh, what do you find um, to be the most challenging being a self-employed mother of a young child? And did you say that he does have daycare or is he home with you all the time? He has been home with me the whole time. Wow. So um, that's been, I, yeah, this year I've been kind of doing the nap time hustle is what I've been yeah. calling it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was harder than I thought, you know, I haven't been able to work as many hours as I thought I would have been able to. So that's been a big adjustment period. But um, I think as a business owner, the hardest part, the biggest difference for me is, you know, the level of feedback that you get. So you're constantly getting feedback in the corporate world. And especially if you're, you know, lucky enough to have a good boss who kind of acts as a mentor to you in the world, they'll kind of you know, push you when they know you're ready and you might not realize that you're ready. Right. But when you own your own business, that all falls on you, right? Like, am I ready for this? Am I not to go to do this next step? And, um, you're kind of always having to pump yourself up to, to go to that next level when that's kind of built in for you in a lot of jobs, I think. Yeah, that's so true. So, um, do you have a particular time of day, uh, um, that's most challenging for you balancing all of this? Yeah. Um, I think uh, for me, and I'm sure like most moms, it's like that five to seven <laughs> period, you know, like dinner time before bed. And yeah. I do a lot of my client calls right now at night, which works out a lot for my clients too, because they work and then we'll do a call after they're done with work, but it kind of falls into that craziness time for me. So the days that I have client calls, especially, and then, you know, dinner and the baby's fussy, it just kind of is chaos. But um I've learned now that on those days I can prep for it a little bit better and, you know, make dinner earlier in the day and just like reheat it later <laughs> or her, um, I, I came across, I forget where I heard this, but I heard, you know, there's that the saying that everyone has the same 24 hours in a day and that's not really true. It's not true at all. <laughs> I'm sorry. Beyonce's 24 hours are nothing like my 24 hours. It's so not true. <laughs> and so I forget how it was. I've heard it. I've heard this explained, you know, a few different places, but the, the point of it is that we all have a certain number of like ounces during a day, right? Like how many ounces are getting taken away from you through food prep and <laughs> child rearing and all of these things. Right. And so I've learned for me, I need to like, you know, 
save more ounces on those days. And so, yeah. you know, just taking a little bit of time for myself when he's napping during the day, even though I feel guilty at the time, like serves me so much better when I get to that crazy time at night and I'm trying to go into later client calls and stuff. So it's yeah. just about kind of learning that balance and, and taking the time that you need, I think. Yeah, sure. Um, do you recommend or have any type of um, resources, books, websites, checklists, whatever that um, help you balance and make your life easier? Yeah, well, let me see here. I have this planner that I use on a daily basis. Let me show you. It's the Day Designer. Have you heard of these? The I Day Designer. That, that looks nice. Yeah, it's lovely. And every day it just has like, what are your top things for the day? Um, and it has a place to like write your schedule out and stuff. And so, and what's for dinner and has different things on there. So, um, I love that because it's like the short term for me, like, okay, what can I try and get done today? Um, and then of course things always carry over to the next day, but at least it's a brain dump, right? So out of my head, like into, into the planner. So that's a tool that I use every day. Um, as far as, you know, like motivation and inspiration. I feel like connecting with other business owners on Facebook has been the biggest sense of support mm -hmm. and not even having to connect one-on-one, -on -one, but just even seeing other posts, you know, in Facebook groups. And it's just, it's so helpful to realize there's so many people going through the same things as you are and that it can be done. And there's people there to kind of bring you back up on the harder days. And so I think no matter what you what you're doing in your life, if you can find kind of those like-minded people, even if it is just in social media, that can help, that can help a lot. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Especially um, finding other business owners who are in the same kind of stage of life as you, like balancing yes. children and work. Yes, yes. And yeah, and for me, I feel like, you know, now becoming a mom, I would be, it'd be hard for me to work with anyone else I think right now that isn't a mom because they yeah. don't know exactly what I'm going through trying to do the childcare and everything right, right now. And so yeah, yeah like-minded people is key. Um, but my, my son, he did not sleep for the first several months of his life, like at all. And so when I was I kind of in that, when I was in that kind of sleep deprived, like zombie state, there were a few books that kind of helped me come out of that. One that I just uh, read a few, during that phase was the miracle morning. Have you heard of that one? I have not. Um, yeah, it's called the miracle morning by Hal Elrod and it's about getting up earlier to have time for yourself and set your intentions and, you know, get your mind right basically before your day has started. And mm -hmm. so I don't follow that to a T because I mean, sometimes we just need our, our sleep, but right. it really kind of helped me think through like what systems or what schedules am I going to have to set up for myself, you know, in this kind of new phase of life to, to make sure that I'm getting what I need. And. I think that book kind of helped jumpstart some of those, some of those conversations that I needed to have with myself. Sure. Um, another book that I really liked for moms trying to balance a lot was the fringe hours by Jessica Turner. Um, that one, that one was interesting too. It's about finding pockets of time for yourself amidst the chaos of what can be your life as a mom and especially a working mom. Um, so sometimes her life seemed a little like crazier than mine, but the information was still very relatable and to kind of how to think creatively, think creatively about your time, basically. That sounds really um, good. I'm going to check that one out for sure. Um, and then I have to do a money book. I have to do a money book. Of course. <laughs> Tell us the money book. Um, so my favorite one that I've read recently is called The Soul of Money by Lynn Twist. And 
it's a it's a kind of a classic money book, so I can't believe it took me so long to find and, and read it, but it kind of reinforced the work that I'm doing in the world and that money is so much more than just, you know, understanding retirement accounts and mm-hmm. and budgeting and it's it's the energy of money and how you're directing it and interacting with it in the world and the work you do in the in the attention that you give it and um, how you build your life. So that one is a really great book. I recommend if you're looking kind of for that angle of something, um, about money. Super. So, um, in balancing all of this stuff, what is, uh, your favorite way to find time for yourself? (laughs) I think that anything alone for me is like really, (laughs) is, can be refreshing. And right now it can literally be anything. Like if I'm running errands by myself, I can blast my music and, you know, that can feel really like, that can feel really good. Like I, you know, went to the spa or something, but also just, you know, finding the time to read is always, that always replenishes me and, and reading fiction, you know, Mm -hmm. for a while I felt like I had to be reading like a business book or like a self-help book or like the latest bestseller. But I realized that fiction for me can can actually do more because it's it can be the escape and it can actually spark your creativity too for your business and and have the same impact. So I've been actually trying to, you know, force myself to read more fiction lately for that kind of replenishing time. Yeah, that's great. I love I love all of those things too. And running <laughs> errands, running errands by myself is I mean, like uh, you said, just Yeah. Uh, listen to what I want to listen to in the car, take my time looking through the aisles. And <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I actually saw someone who posted on Facebook recently as they were like going into Target, like I'm at Target by myself with no kids. Are you jealous? And it had like 150 like likes or something crazy. Like everyone, everyone understood that post or could relate to it. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'll only be jealous when Target actually does start serving wine. Like we yeah. had it. <laughs> so once, uh, once oh, they're no. serving wine. <laughs> then, it's I'm never then it's over. <laughs> I know. Well, thank you. This has been a lot of fun. And before we wrap up, just make sure that everybody um, knows where to find you. Sure. So um, my website is moneywithmoxie.com, M-O-X-I-E. And all my handles are moneywithmoxie, facebook.com slash moneywithmoxie, and instagram.com, moneywithmoxie, but money period with period moxie for Instagram. So Got it. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed today's interview with Nicole Cooley. She's fantastic, isn't she? You can catch all the uh, links and things that we talked about, all of the show notes at losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 29 or watch us on YouTube. And uh, don't forget to go and check out all of uh, Nicole's great information that she mentioned. Okay, have a good day. Don't forget to lose the cape.